Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Morning, church. How you doing? Seems like it's been 40 years. I know some of you are saying, oh, it went too quick, Pastor. Go ahead and take another month. I, 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 I see it in your faces. But we missed you guys. And uh, I'm, I was kept in touch and heard about the good things that God was doing. And, and that, that's good. I appreciate all those that filled in in my absence. Everybody stepped up that did something. And those that shared from the pulpit, David and Doug and John and, and James. And uh, how many were blessed by their ministry? Amen. Amen. Go ahead and let the Lord know you appreciate them. Now, I heard after James preached last week, he tried to take a vote, put himself in as pastor. And... Uh, <laughs> But uh, you guys quickly quenched that, and I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, we missed you guys. And I, I appreciate being a part of a, a church family who um, uh, gives us the freedom to do what God's called us to do. Um, my wife and I started this journey as ministers more than 30 years ago. And... Um, and, and we, we've made some mistakes, and we've learned some things. But one of the things that we, we, we saw early on in ministry was um, there wasn't very many that were in ministry after a few decades that still had joy about it. We saw a lot of, a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger. And um, statistics say that for those that are called to be a pastor in a ministry, that within 20 years, 74% have quit. Think about that for a moment. Of the, the, the 26% that are left, 84% of those, when they retire, say if they had to do it over again, they would not be a pastor. That's sad. I'm just being honest with you. That's sad. And, and, and so we, we, we tried to conduct our lives in such a way that we didn't end up like that. First off, for our own salvation, but, but also we feel like you deserve better. You don't deserve a pastor to get in a pulpit and who's angry and bitter and doesn't want to do this. Amen? Because that'll poison what you say. It really does. And and my wife and I have scars and we have bruises, but I'm still glad. We're still glad to be in the ministry. And, um, and, and, and we don't ever want to speak death over somebody because you get tired. And we're humans and we get tired. And we're thankful that you were gracious enough to, to not freak out. Uh, and... Uh, Turn to the person next to you and say, thanks for not freaking out. Thanks for not freaking out. Matthew chapter 11. 
I had a moment yesterday. I haven't preached for, what, five weeks now. Even though you've been doing this for a long time, all of a sudden it hit me yesterday. <laughs> what if, what if I don't, can't do it anymore? <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. That thought hit me. It just hit me again. Oh, well. Thank you in advance for not freaking out, okay? Matthew 11, verse 25. I want to share with you for a few minutes. You've got a friend. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me, Father? You've burdened my heart with this message, and I just pray that, that you do what you do so well, Holy Spirit. Would you share the heart of the Father with people here today? We come against every stronghold. We come against every lie of the enemy. We invade with the light of God every dark place and every heart in this building this morning. And I just release you, Holy Spirit, to just have your way. And I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometime go back and read Matthew 11, start at the first verse, and read all the way till this verse. And you'll notice something. Our verse, verse 25, starts off and it says, At that time, Jesus answered. But no question was asked. If you go through Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, he starts to share with them some things that are going to happen, and then he is confronted with a disciple of John the Baptist. And Jesus gets word that John the Baptist is across town in a prison, and he's about to be beheaded. And John the Baptist has sent a disciple to ask Jesus, are you really the one, or should we have been looking for somebody else? This is a man who Jesus knew, who Jesus loved. He was the forerunner. It was Jesus who said, there was never a greater man that was born of a woman than John. And now Jesus is getting word that he's in prison, and he's about to be beheaded, and he's beginning to question his own faith. And he's asking Jesus, were you really the one or did I just mess this all up? And Jesus told the disciple, you go back and tell John that you see eyes opened and ears unstopped and the lame walking and the dead bringing, being brought back to life. 
Let them know that the gospel is being shared with the poor. And Jesus began to look at them and he begins to call out cities. He says, this city, if, if what I did in you had been done over here, they would have repented. And he called out another city and he said, if you, what I did in your city and the miracles that I did there, if, if that was done over here, revival would have broke out. Jesus is having a moment because all of this frustration, somebody who he loves is about to die and is on the edge of losing his faith. Jesus is realizing that he did miracles there and they shunned him and if he'd have done it over there, more would have come about. You ever been frustrated in life? You ever been like, I, I don't even know how I'm going to fix this. I don't even know what I'm going to do. And it's that moment that, that these questions are piling up at Jesus' door. And Jesus answers. And at that time, Jesus answered. He's answered the question, what do you do with life when, man, you know, part of you wanted to say, John, if anybody should have known I'm the Messiah, it's you. If anybody should have known, you, you, when you were in your mother's womb, when you were in Elizabeth's womb, you knew me. You, the Holy Spirit hits you when you were in your womb and you knew it was me. You spent your whole life preaching me. You opened the door for me. Dude, you looked in my face when you baptized me. You were there when I came up out of the water and a voice from heaven spoke and said to you, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I'm sure in that moment, John, Jesus is like, John, how could you forget all of that? You know, I'm so glad that Jesus didn't rebuke him. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't get caught up in himself and get angry. I'm so glad we serve a God who understands when we struggle. And so Jesus, in that moment of understanding, he, he's, he's talking to his father. You got, you got to get this. Look what he says. He said, oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. He's talking to his dad in the, in the midst of all the struggle that he's facing and all the heartache that he feels and all the challenges. He turns to his dad. He's dead. You, I've always been able to depend on you. He says, Dad, it, it doesn't seem right to me, but it was obviously right in your eyes to let this happen. He says, and I know you, and, and, and you know me. And then he says the words that almost seem out of place because he's, he's talking to the father and his conversation is, is vertical, but that quick, it goes horizontal. 
these verses, he's been talking to the Father, and then he turns and says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Do you know what this moment is telling us? Jesus comes to the realization that just like he's been able to lean on the Father, he wants you and I to know that we can lean on him. He thought about in this moment when my, my best friend is doubting even who I am. And he's about to die. And I've, I've done things for people and they don't appreciate it. And I've poured out and they've, they've ridiculed. And maybe I should have. And maybe I should have this. And maybe I should have that. And, but I, I can go to my father. And everything comes out okay. I, I don't agree with everything, and I don't understand everything, but I, I agree with him. I know him, and he knows me. And then his heart goes to people, people like you and me. He says, I'm, I'm here to share the heart of the Father, and here's what the heart of the Father is. Come unto me. Because you know what, church? It doesn't matter whether you're saved or you're not saved, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God. You go to worship service or you don't go to worship service. We all have struggles. You knew that already, didn't you? Captain Obvious in the pulpit this morning. We all have struggles. But, but one of the things our relationship with God does is it gives us a way to deal with them in a fruitful way. I had this hope when I, when I got saved that all the struggles would just go away. We just would, just in a few weeks, we'd be living in a utopia where everybody got along and everybody liked each other and the church was a family that just kissy, kissy, hug, hug, warm wishes. Until... Shortly after, I'm sitting in service and I see a physical altercation take place on an altar service between two ministers. Well, what do I do with that? <laughs> I heard that one guy had a, had a temper issue and that sometime previous when he used to be a pastor in an altar service he had one fellow in his church that he, he just really couldn't deal with too well and he got aggravated with him and, but there came an altar service where this guy came up with others to get prayer and the pastor just figured like this was his chance <laughs> David you may remember the story and the pastor said brother close your eyes and lift your hands God's going to give you what you got coming True story. So the guy, bam, <laughs> hit him right in the face. <laughs> That's why we took a few weeks off, okay? <laughs> that kind of stuff can happen to people. <laughs> I don't want to hit nobody anymore. Okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. I'm pretty much just kidding. But God offers us a, a better way. Because Jesus in that moment, he's overwhelmed. He's, he's got friends that are struggling and they're hurting. He's questioning. And he, he realizes in this moment that all he has to do is lift his voice to the Father. And he knows the Father's there. And he knows the Father knows him. And he knows the Father. And he knows what strength comes from that. And he thinks about those people that don't have that. And he says, I want you to know you, you can come to me. All of you that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean. You know what we do when we're leaning? We lean because we're tired. I'm depending on this wall. I lean backwards. If that wall hadn't been there, you all be laughing right now. If the wall gave way, you'd all be laughing right now. I've seen a trust fall video. You know what those are? People get up on a chair or something and they fall backwards and their friends are supposed to catch them. And this person steps up on the trust fall and, and when they're getting ready, the friends are supposed to catch them are talking for a moment and they go backwards and they boom, right to the ground. But we lean when we're tired, don't we? I ask you this morning, what are you leaning on? Every one of us, every one of us leans on something. Every one of us does. You might lean on drugs. You might lean on alcohol. You might lean on sex. You might lean on money. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but the story is that Howard Hughes on his deathbed took a check and signed it, handed it to his doctor and says, you can fill in the amount, just give me another year of life. The doctor said, I can't give you another day of life. We all lean on something. What are you leaning on today? I'll help you figure out what you're leaning on. It's that thing you go to when you're tired. Some people lean on more work. They, they, can't, they can't stay still. Some people lean on their spouse. Some people lean on their children. Some people lean on their career. Some people lean on money. Some people lean on food. What do you lean on? Everybody leans on something. 
Some people lean on pity. Some people lean on being a victim. Some people lean on fear. What do you lean on? Everybody leans on something. It's dangerous in life when you get tired because when you get tired, you make stupid decisions. Let me know what I'm talking about. So then you lean. We lean because we're tired. Well, what do you lean on? What do you lean on? See, the problem with these things that we lean on is they, they never give us what we need. When, when I'm leaning, I'm tired. And they, they promise something, but they never give me rest. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. They give me a momentary release from my struggles. If I can get drunk enough, I'll forget. If I can get high enough, I'll forget. If I pour myself into my work, I'll forget. I'll forget how miserable my life is right now. If I do this, if I go after that, if I engage in this, if I party this, if I... And that's what they lean on. And the problem with those things is you lean on them and they may give you a temporary reprieve, but then you can't lean on them anymore because your problems are still right there. In fact, they have probably gotten worse. Give me, give me this, if nothing else. And Jesus knows that struggle. This is Matthew 11. That book goes on to Matthew 25, folks. This is relatively early in his ministry. And here's what's happening. His best friend doubts he's even the Messiah and is about to die. He did miracles in that city, and they don't believe him. And he, he sees other cities he wish he could have done miracles in, but he can only be in one place at one time in this physical body. And, and now he wonders if he messed up. And he's... But in a few moments with Dad... just a few moments conversing with dad, he's got strength. He went to dad because he was tired. He went to dad because it seemed like it was all falling apart. And now he goes from talking to dad saying, come on, I want to help some people. Uh, I want you to know that when I help you, you're not going to be worse off. You'll be better off. Tell the person next to you, you'll always be better off. <laughs> so Jesus said, the only thing we have to do in this is come. We, we don't have to show a ticket. We don't have to be a Christian. The only requirement is that you labor and are heavy laden. And he just says, come. You know what I found out about life? I found out that if you do not intentionally do the right thing, you will unintentionally do the wrong thing. If you do not consciously do the right thing, 
you will unconsciously do the wrong thing. I found myself several weeks ago praying this. God, I ask you to help me to be as intentional about you as you are about me. I can't just wing this. Can't just wing it. Years ago, I was a tour bus driver and um, got a call in the middle of the night. I drove for several different companies, got a call in the middle of the night, and the owner of the company was coming back from a trip, and he was going to be passing near where I lived. And he still had to take the bus to Nashville, Tennessee, which is two hours away. And he said, Mike, I just wondered if you would, is there any way you could finish this trip for me? He said, I'm tired. I, I just need somebody. And, and I, you know, I said, boy, it's the middle of the night, Johnny, but I'll, I'll help you out. And uh, he said, meet me at this gas station. And, um, and he said, now, listen, whatever you do, this lady, she's never had any other bus driver. And she's going to freak out when she finds out that I'm, 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 I'm trading out drivers. He said, so don't do anything to make her even more nervous. And that's like waving a red flag in front of the bull. You know, don't, don't, he should not have told me that. And so he, he pulls up under the awning, you know, and, uh, and that's where she finds out that I'm going to take over from there. And she's starting to freak out, you know, and. And she said, I don't know, Johnny, can, does he know how to drive a bus? And, oh, Lord, help me. I said, yeah, I know how to drive a bus. I said, now, I normally just clean the buses. But sometimes when they're in the yard, I've got to move them a little bit so I can clean them. So, yeah, I, I, I've driven the bus. And she goes, have you, have you ever driven them on the road? And I go, yeah, yeah. There was at one time, remember Johnny, when I had, to, I'm looking at him, he's like. <laughs> I said, there was at one time I had to pull out of the parking lot to move the bus around and pull it back in. So yeah, I've driven him on the road. She goes, Johnny, I'm not comfortable with this at all, you know. He goes, Mike, seriously, just stop it. So she settles down. Johnny takes off, and I step into a bus I've never driven before. And I start to get on the interstate, and it starts raining. And I look down, and the dashboard lights don't work on this bus. And I can't find the windshield wiper switch. <laughs> yeah. Things can get ugly quick in life. I have no idea how that fit in. But Jesus tells us, I'm serious. I love, I, there was honestly, I started on an admission with a point to make. It'll come to me. Jesus said, we don't, oh, we don't have to have credentials. We don't have to. He says this, just come. Just, if you're laboring, just come. Come to me. And that's all we have to do, folks. Sometimes we make it harder than it really is. You're going to lean on something. And can I, can I tell you that 
that, that if you're leaning on something that isn't healthy for you, let me suggest this. Let me suggest you first try, before you lean on that, just talk to God. He said, I don't ever hear God. You be intentional with God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will up or will give you liberally and he won't upbraid you for it. But you've got to lean to that. You've got to learn to lean to that. Where you trust that. You, you know, I leaned against that wall because I trusted that wall would hold me. I leaned on this pulpit because I, I trusted. But, but in actuality, that they didn't give me anything. They, they sustained me for a moment. Jesus said, I'm not going to sustain you for a moment. I'm going to give you something. It's called rest. I'm going to give you, their, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach us, Lord, to wait. You wait on him. Waiting. Listen, you've got to understand what that verse means. It isn't, well, I wish they would hurry up. <coughs> That's not waiting on God. To truly understand what that word wait means, you've got to think of a waiter. Got to think of a man coming up with a towel over him and say, Sir, what can I do for you? Can I tell you that if you find yourself getting wore out and wore down, maybe it's be, and, and you don't have the energy and the strength to go forward, maybe it's because you're wasting what God gave you on what he doesn't want you to do. Because I promise you, when he's involved, he will open the floodgates. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. When you're doing what he wants you to do, man, you are like the energizer bunny. You just keep going and going and going and going and going and going and you never run out because he won't leave you or forsake you. But you got to be intentional about him. You got to come. You got to trust. Come unto me all. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's you. All. He's the great equalizer. All. Old, young, handsome, not so handsome, pretty, not so pretty, thin, not so thin, White, black, green, yellow, blue, red, blue hair. Come, all. He said, I'll give you something. I'll give you, I'll give you something. Understand when Jesus gives us something, it's not like the world gives. The only way the world can give us peace is to make all of our battles stop. Jesus said, I don't, I don't give peace like that. I don't give peace like the world gives peace. I just give it to you. So that in the midst of your battle, you have peace. He doesn't give you rest by letting you get high and avoid it. He gives you rest so that you can take it on tomorrow. 
He just gives it to you. How many know what I'm talking about? There's an element of that. There's an element when, when you're wore out and you're tired and you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, and, 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 and yet you go to him, and, and, and you, just, you just pour your heart out to him, and, and maybe you don't hear anything back. You been there? I have. You don't hear anything back, but you found a new strength to go on. But you have to lean on that. And not to your own understanding. Because there is a way which will seem right. Seems right. Yesterday, Gail Beth and I had to go down to downtown Akron for, for something. And, and the, the, the GPS on the, on the truck, I had to get off onto, I had to go down Route 8 and get off onto 77 North. But there's construction there. And that's all closed. And so I got off the next exit and it tried to tell me to, to go this way. And I started to go that way. And well, that's not even going to work. And so then we... started to follow the detour signs, you know, and I got to an intersection, and I have no idea where I'm at, folks. I was in a part of town that white people don't normally go. I could tell by the way they were looking at me. Okay? They were as surprised I was down there as, they, as I was, you know, and, and I came up to this intersection, and, and the GPS is telling me to turn this way, and it said I was 14 minutes away from where I was wanting to go. And just something. I said, I'm, I'm turning right here. I, I, had, I had no knowledge of where I'm at. I don't know exactly where I'm going. I'm, I've kind of gotten hooked to the GPS. You put any address you go. I don't even know where it is on the map. But I'm at this intersection, and the GPS is telling me to turn left, and I said, nah, I'm turning right. I just feel like I'm supposed to turn right. And so I turned right. My understanding was the GPS knows where it's going. It knows where I'm at. It knows where I'm going. Follow the GPS. Somebody can relate to that. That's my understanding. But there was something inside of me that said, no, just turn right here. And the moment I did that, the GPS freaked out, recalculating. He kept trying to turn me, and we just kept driving down that road, and after about two minutes, it, it recalculated, and all of a sudden, it, it now had me on a different path, and now I wasn't 14 minutes away, I was six minutes away. And I, and I felt like God was, was allowing us to go through that yesterday for a reason, and that was so that I could share with you that it doesn't always have to make sense. When you go to him and you get something from him, it doesn't always have to make sense. It made no sense to me to say no to the GPS because it knew where I was at, knew, it knew where I was going, and I didn't know either. But here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to lean on him. Because when you lean on him, you'll get rest. You'll get something. You'll be refreshed. There was a song written a number of years ago, as I get ready to close. You may have remembered if you're old. 
by James Taylor. It's titled, You've Got a Friend. How many have heard the song? The song has kind of a unique history. James Taylor didn't write the song. A friend of his, Carol King, who is a prolific songwriter, she's the one that wrote the song. But when you go to look and see what prompted her to write the song, she says that she heard James Taylor singing a song of his called Fire and Rain. And that song has a line in it. He says, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. Carol King, who was a Jew, who grew up reading. In her words, she heard that and she thought, nobody should never be able to not find a friend. That should never be the human condition. The next words in James Taylor's song is, Jesus looked down upon me. Her words, she sat down and in a matter of minutes wrote, you've got a friend. And I quote, I didn't write the song. That song was written through me. It's as if somebody wanted to tell everybody, you've got a friend. Here's the words to her song. When you're down and troubled, and you need a helping hand, and nothing, oh, nothing is going right, just close your eyes and think of me. And soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. You just call out my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you've got to do is call, and I'll be there. You've got a friend. If the sky above you should turn dark and full of clouds and that old north wind should begin to blow, keep your head together and call my name out loud. Soon I'll be knocking on your door. You just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you've got to do is call and I'll be there. Ain't it good to know that you've got a friend? When people can be so cold, they'll hurt you and desert you. Well, they'll take your soul if you let them. Oh, but don't you let them. You just call out my name. And you know, wherever I am, I'll come running. Would you stand to your feet? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast 
through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.